1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Be mindful of it all week so that you can keep it holy, so you can keep it set apart, so you can protect that day from life encroaching on it. In other words, keeping one day set apart for rest and worship and nothing else, it will require some forethought and some planning so that you can get all your work finished in six days. So that your Sabbath is free. Does the
1: thought of preserving one day a week to rest scare you? Perhaps it sounds impossible. In today's message, Pastor Dan will encourage listeners with the truth that God commanded us to rest. In a society with hundreds of things going on every day, rest is often the last thing on people's minds. However, it is often in our most quiet and still moments that we can better hear the voice of God and sense His presence. How might you adjust your weekly schedule to create more rest? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: word Sabbath, it means to rest. It means to cease. It doesn't mean Saturday. Some people think that. But it doesn't mean Saturday. It means to cease from work or to rest from work. Look at verse 8 again. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, if you have a guest staying in your house. And so the principle here with this Sabbath, the the principle is, first of all, the first principle is do all your work in six days. Do you see that in verse 9? Do all your work in six days, then rest on the seventh day. The seventh day is the Sabbath when you cease from your work. In verse 10, it says in it, the Sabbath day, you shall do no work. And the Lord says in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to keep it set apart. I've got this day in the week that I keep set apart. It's talking about uh, taking a day off every week. Now, taking a day off every week was something that was unheard of in the ancient world. When this is given to the children of Israel, it was unheard of to take a day off during the week. Now, most of us here probably take two days off a week, but you probably are doing work around your house or running errands on one of those days. So There's not really like a like a true day off for you. Some of you maybe are trying to move to a four day week. I hope that works out for you. Uh, that would be wonderful. In the ancient world, no one took a day off. You worked seven days a week. And so God is like introducing this whole new concept of a day off from work, a day of rest. Totally new in humanity. Nobody's ever thought of this concept before where you work six days and then you rest on the seventh day. And remember, God is giving this commandment to the children of Israel who God just recently delivered from slavery in Egypt. The children of Israel labored as slaves for over 400 years in Egypt without a day off. They've never heard of a day off. And if you remember, their original request to Pharaoh was for three days off so they could go into the wilderness and worship Yahweh. Can we just have a long weekend, three days, and then we'll come back and be your slaves again? They've never had a day off. And now God commands them to do all their work in six days and then take a day of rest. And this is to be the pattern for them to follow every week. Work six days, rest one day. Work six days, rest one day. Work six days, rest one day. Now, when we consider this commandment, we usually focus on the Sabbath part. Keep the Sabbath and do no work on the seventh day. But the commandment also commands us to work. Work six days. It doesn't say do whatever you want to do for six days and then rest on the seventh day or goof off for six days, then rest. No, it says to work, to labor for six days, then rest one day. And I, I point this out to say God commands us to work. God commands us to work. And God has a lot to say in the Bible about work. He has a lot to say against work. Laziness and slothfulness and not working. Work is not the result of the fall of man. Work is not part of the curse. And sometimes it is it is described as that. It is not part of the fall. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, before the fall, before Adam sinned. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, after God created Adam, he put Adam into the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. God created Adam and then put him to work in the garden. We are created for work. We are not created to not work. We're created to work. We shouldn't despise work. We shouldn't try to get out of doing work. We shouldn't revel in being lazy or boast in being lazy. God created us for work. Just want to share a few passages with you. There's a lot, especially in the Proverbs that we could read. Um, but just a few. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, You should aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands. As we command you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside of the church and that you may lack nothing. You may lack nothing. How do you lack nothing? By working. That's what it's telling us. Work so that you lack nothing. Well, where am I going to get it from? You're going to get it from work. That's where you're going to get it from. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 18 says those unwilling to work will not eat. If you don't work, you don't eat. Colossians chapter 3 in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. In our work, we do it heartily to the Lord and not to men, because we actually serve the Lord. And there's so many passages in Proverbs about just working being a hard worker and God prospers the person who works and the person who refuses to work it says will end up in poverty and will end up in bondage in their labor i think about the scriptures you think about when god called david to be king of israel what was david doing he he wasn't playing video games he was watching his father's sheep. He was working when God called him. You think about Elisha, the prophet. He was plowing a field with a team of oxen when Elijah called him. Gideon was threshing wheat when God called him to be a leader. Peter, James, John, and Andrew were fishing, cleaning their nets and repairing their nets when Jesus called them to be disciples. Matthew was working at his tax table when Jesus called him to be a disciple. God uses people who are already working. He doesn't use idle people. And so the first part of this commandment is to labor, to work. Look at verse 9. He says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. And then you rest on the seventh day. You rest on the seventh day. Now, I want to look at a couple verses about the Sabbath day. So turn over to chapter 23. And I want to look at some other verses just so we get a, a, a fuller understanding of what the Bible says about the Sabbath day. Exodus chapter 23, verse 12. It says six days you shall do your work and on the seventh day you shall rest that your ox and your donkey may rest and the son of your female servant and the stranger may be refreshed. So this is one of the reasons God gives the Sabbath day. He gives it so you can rest so you can be refreshed. Right? Remember, Jesus said. God made the Sabbath for man to be a blessing so that you can have a day of rest, so that you can be uh, refreshed physically, mentally, and spiritually by having a day off from all your labor. Now, turn with me over to Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus is the next book in your Bible after Exodus, so it's just one book to the right. Leviticus 23... Verse 3, Leviticus 23, 3, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of, notice what it says, solemn rest. Not just rest, solemn rest, serious rest, right? On the Sabbath day, you're going to get some serious rest, or the word can be complete rest. This is intended to give you some serious rest, some complete rest on this day off, and look at verse 3 again, and a holy convocation, a holy convocation. Note that in verse 3, the Sabbath is intended for you to get some serious rest and to enjoy a holy convocation or a sacred assembly. This is why God gave the Sabbath. God gave the Sabbath to man so you can get some serious rest from all your labor and so that you can be part of a holy convocation or a sacred assembly, so that you can assemble together with other believers. In other words, so you can go to church. So you can have a day where you can get together with other believers, and you can go to church. That's why he gave the Sabbath.
1: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive
2: prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor
1: Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
2: In Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, but Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, "...and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So there in Hebrews, we're exhorted to assemble together with other believers and not forsake the assembling together with other believers. And this is why God gives the Sabbath for rest and for worship. For rest and for worship. To cease from all your work, All your responsibilities, all your business responsibilities, all your job responsibilities, all your home responsibilities to cease from running errands and going here and going there. So that you can rest and so that you can gather together with other believers for worship and Bible study and and fellowship. The Sabbath is for refreshing your soul. Now, I don't know about you, but I suspect your life is pretty busy. Like mine. And your life can be very hectic and stressful. And here the Lord says, we need a day. You need a day. We need a day. Each week when we pause the busyness and the craziness of life. And and we just rest and we worship and we do nothing else. It's not rest and worship and go to Costco. Costco. Right? Costco on Sunday afternoons can be just as stressful as work on Monday mornings. sometimes. There's no rest there. Go back to chapter 20. And again, verse 9, he says, do all your work in six days. And catch the drift of what he's saying here. He's saying, get all your work finished in six days. Run all your errands, do all your shopping, do all your housework, all the laundry, all your homework. Get it all done in six days so you can keep the Sabbath day holy. So you've got this one day in the week that's just set apart for rest and for worship. And in verse eight, the Lord says in verse eight, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And the word remember there, it means to be mindful of the Sabbath day. Be mindful of the Sabbath day all week long. So if Sunday is the Sabbath day for you, be mindful that the Sabbath day is coming up on Sunday and be mindful of it all week so that you can keep it holy, so you can keep it set apart, so you can protect that day from life encroaching on it. In other words, keeping one day set apart for rest and worship and nothing else, it will require some forethought and some planning so that you can get all your work finished in six days so that your Sabbath is free. Turn over to chapter 34 with me. Chapter 34. And I want you to know, too, I'm trying to figure this out for myself also. Like, I'm wrestling with this. And how do I get everything done in six days so I can be free on a seventh day and unencumbered by the demands of life? Now, look at this. Exodus 34, verse 21. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Now, look what God adds here. In plowing time and in harvest You shall rest. You know why he adds that? Because in plowing time, you got to get the fields plowed before the rains come. You got to get the seeds planted. You're under a deadline during harvest time. You got to get the crops in. You got a little window of time here. And guess what? People might be tempted to say, I can't keep the Sabbath day today. We got to get the crops in. I got to get the fields plowed. I can't go to church this morning. There's too much work to do. I need to go into the office. I got this big report due tomorrow. God understands. And so God says, no, actually, I want you to keep the Sabbath even in plowing time. Even in harvest, I still want you to rest. Even when there's urgency to the need, even if there's a deadline at work. I want you to still keep the Sabbath. Don't allow, please listen, don't allow the urgent things to crowd out the most important thing. And the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And life is filled with urgent things. Life is filled with urgent things that demand your time, demand your attention, demand your energy. Don't allow those urgent things to crowd out your relationship with the Lord. Protect your Sabbath rest. No matter how urgent the need may be. Protect it. Turn over to chapter 35, the very next chapter. Look at verse 1. Then Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you. A Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Look at verse three. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Day. He says, I don't even want you starting a fire on the Sabbath day in your dwelling place. Now, why would they do that? To cook a meal. So what if it said here, don't turn on your oven on the Sabbath? I don't want you turning on the stove on the Sabbath day. Again, the command is get all of your work finished in six days so you can just rest and worship on this one day, and not do anything else. And that includes preparing the meals the day before, so you don't have to think about preparing a meal on the Sabbath day. Get it prepared the day before, so you don't have to cook on the Sabbath. Well, you know, everyone else in the house is resting on the Sabbath, but mom is in the kitchen preparing a meal, and it's not a day of rest for her, while everybody else is sitting and watching the game or whatever. Do you see what he's saying here to the children of Israel who are reading this when it's written? Don't start a fire. Well, How am I going to cook lunch? On the Sabbath, what are we going to do for dinner? That's the point. God is saying, I I don't even want you cooking a meal. Do that in six days on the seventh day. You've got to keep it holy. You've got to protect it. You've got to guard it because quickly You can start working and it can and and it can be stressful and there's nothing restful or worshipful about it and you lose the whole purpose of it. In Israel today, uh, the Sabbath begins at sundown on Friday evening. So what happens is on Friday afternoon, businesses begin to close down around 2 p.m. So that people can get their last minute errands and last minute shopping finished. So they can have all of the work finished before the start of the Sabbath. So everything closes down a few hours early and people will quickly go to the market or whatever they need to do so that they can be home in time for the Sabbath. And what they will do is the people will make a big meal before the Sabbath begins like in a crock pot so they can eat that meal all day long. On the Sabbath. They'll make sandwiches. They have it just. It's all prepared. It's all ready. So that on the Sabbath We can just rest. We don't have anything to do. You know. Mom doesn't need to cook dinner. It's already cooked. And it's. Everything is just prepared. The day before. So everybody can just rest. On the Sabbath day. And then. What they'll typically do is once the Sabbath begins at sundown, you'll see them, they'll all walk to the synagogue. The synagogue's usually in their neighborhood. And they'll all walk together. These big families where you've got grandparents and aunts and uncles and neighbors and small children and old people. Everybody's walking through the neighborhood. They're going to their synagogue. Usually they're singing songs, worship songs, as they're going. They go to church. They go to the worship service, you know, at the synagogue. And then they all go back home and just rest and enjoy each other's company or they're all sit outside on the steps and talk and and the kids are there and they're talking and the old people are talking with each other and the younger people are talking and the teenagers are together and everybody's just there and there's food and you can go get some food when you're ready just make yourself a bowl and uh, and, and other people that can afford it they'll check into a hotel with your whole family your whole extended family and and cousins and nephews and nieces and uncles and aunts and neighbors. And everybody checks into a hotel together and have different rooms, of course. And then you you eat in the dining room in the hotel. And while they're sitting in the dining room, everybody's singing. Or some of the older men will get up and they'll share scripture and read scripture, read a prayer. And you'll see the older men going over to the table with the teenagers and talking to them and sharing scripture with them. And somebody will break forth in song over here and somebody will break forth in song over there. And it's just a time of rest.
3: He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the
1: We just heard a verse-by-verse teaching from Pastor Dan Sexton here at Ring of Truth. To find out more about our church and pastor, go to CalvaryEC.com. You'll find oodles of information about our mission and vision, along with what we believe and much more. Come check us out. While you're there, do you have something weighing heavy on your heart that we can pray for? We'd love to intercede in prayer on your behalf. Please locate the Prayer tab at the top of our homepage Calvaryec.com, And send in your prayer request through the form you find there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook or watch Pastor Dan's messages live. But you know what's better than online? In person, of course. You get a more personal, tangible way of being connected with others who love Jesus. Visit us at either our 830 and or 1030 a.m. Sunday services. If those times don't work for you, we also have a 1230 p.m. service and a Thursday gathering at 7 p.m. We're also just a phone call away. If you're not in Maryland, call us at 410-491-4592 for a chat. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Again, that's 410-491-4592. Would you consider supporting this ministry financially? If so, visit calvaryec.com to learn how. We hope that today's teaching has been encouraging to your faith. Until next time, this has been Ring of Truth.
3: I see the signs and I recognize